everybody. Welcome to season two of the Women Going Big podcast. So I'm really stoked because this is the very first episode of season two. And to kick it off, we are starting out with Women Going Big in Business. And here with me today is Lubna, and she is an international best-selling author, certified professional speaker, and multi-award-winning strategic dynamo who's globally recognized for her extraordinary skill of being able to mentor entrepreneurs to gain clarity, focus, and momentum with lightning speed. So without further ado, Lubna, I'm going to let you take it away. I just gave you a quick introduction, but tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and your journey. Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for having me, Krista. Oh um, well, like I said, I'm strategic dynamo. Um, but to begin off with, I'm a multi-passionate person. There are lots of things that I absolutely enjoy and I love to research, read about. I mean, you, for those of you that are on YouTube, you can see this is just one of my bookcases. So I've got two. Uh, so I have an immense love for learning and I've had that ever since I was a little girl. And uh, if you if we were to go back in time and uh, just pick one moment, you'd probably find me in a corner in a room in the house with a book about 400 to 500 pages. And I would literally curl up in that corner and start reading. And if you were to ask my mother about that, she would say, when she's in that zone, you can have a nuclear bomb go off and I wouldn't notice it. I love that. That's how much in the zone, in the flow I was and still am with reading. Uh, and I, so you can see that it's, it's been with me for a very long time mm -hmm. and people just go out and say, how come you know so much about so much? It even culminated to a couple of years ago when I went back to university to study the science of happiness. Every teacher said, have you ever heard of this book or this author or this speaker? And every time my hand would go up and people were like, oh my God, is there anything this woman does not know? Uh, and I didn't know this at the time, but after a couple of months, I think about, yeah, was it eight months later, one of my uh, friends, because that's what you get to be if you spend so much time together, she said, you don't know this, but we used to call you every time that that happens, I raise my hand, Loopnopedia. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is so she, funny. I know. And they didn't dare to tell me because they yeah. thought, oh my God, I mean, how can I can tell someone <laughs> that they, that you talk about them as yeah. Loopnopedia. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that title. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's almost a compliment. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally got it as a compliment because yeah. like, what are the odds that someone or a group of people in this case would combine my name with encyclopedia and turn yeah. it into loopnopedia. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that's actually really cool. So yeah, I'm, 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 you can find me doing different things at different times. I like to have fun. So uh, calling me loopnopedia or anything, I'd usually be the worst, first one to start laughing. That's great. So after all of that in, in your learning journey and in kind of discovering different things, how did it get you to where you are right now? Mm, good question. Uh, 
One of the things that I promise, and I call this a sacred agreement. Uh, so when I was uh, university and I was at the end of the line, uh, and it, I was ready to go out and get myself my real job. Can't imagine it right now, but there used to be a time that we were jumping for joy to get to work. Uh, I promised myself one thing that I had learned up to that point, and that is, if I do not have fun at work, I will stop and change the job, no matter what. So no matter the circumstances, even if I do not have another job, I will still stop. It has to be fun. Now, because I had that sacred agreement, it meant that I am responsible to have fun at work. No one, not my colleagues, not my boss, not my clients, me. So it really spurred me on a discovery to find out how can you have fun at work? Because that is the situation I want to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh, fast forward a couple of years and I found myself in my second job and all and people and my colleagues and my clients and even some managers used to say you only do what you enjoy doing I'm like yes because for me that is normal it's yeah. my norm I don't go below my own norm so yeah. I didn't realize because it was so normal to me, that it would be abnormal to the rest. And they were saying that to me because they were like, oh my God, how is she doing this? Yeah. How is she getting to only do what she enjoyed doing in bureaucratic organizations, in large organizations, because mm -hmm. that's the jobs that I've had. Yeah. And it took me a while to really listen to their tone and find out, oh my God, there's something here. People are finding this odd yeah. and they're almost admiring me for having done it, but also thinking, how is she doing this? Yeah. So I started to change my story into um, every time someone said, you only do, in do what you enjoy doing. I said, you can do that too. And something very crazy would happen when I would say that. Um, because they would say, no, 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 because I am different. Hmm. Now, again, hmm. that, that, that didn't resonate with me in, yeah. in the first goal. It took me about number 30 to say that to me and thought, wait a minute, do these people really think that I was born this way? Yeah. They're, they, that couldn't <laughs> be further from the truth yeah. and the reality mm -hmm. as it is. So I started sharing my story. I said, if you had met me when I was 12 or 13, you would have met the most shy girl in the world. Remember I shared, I would curl up in a corner with a book <laughs> about 400 to 500 patient, yeah. uh, pages and actually set the intention mm -hmm. to read the whole thing in one go. If I can go from that yeah. to someone who only does what she enjoys, mm -hmm. then you being different is an excuse and not a reason to get to the same thing. So fast forward another couple of years, I was done. There were too many people that were struggling around me, colleagues, managers, clients. Yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump ship. I'm going to become a full-time entrepreneur. It's not going to stay a side hustle for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to be available for those people that say, teach me. I teach love me. that. I love that. And I'm going to just jump in really quick because I think that this is a really important moment for 
I mean, every entrepreneur is that I like to talk about like your breaking point and it's, it's not a bad breaking point. It's the good breaking point of realizing that what you're doing is no longer working. You know, what you're doing is no longer serving you and it's no longer serving your purpose. So what was it? And you talked about your colleagues and the clients and just the people around you, but what was that defining moment that you were like, yeah, like this is it. Like I'm going to go big right now. But can you explain that for us? Yeah, I can. Um, we're going to jump into time to um, April, May, 2014. And um, I had been invited by my managing director. So just, I worked at a bureaucratic organization. So I had me, my manager, the director, and then the managing director. So this person at the highest level invited mm -hmm. me for lunch. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> the big boss yeah. inviting me for lunch, not in the office. No, she's taking me out to lunch. This is positive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're not staying in because that would be bad news. Um, yeah some of those unwritten rules as in if you go out you're, that's a celebration <laughs> and um so i thought oh my god what's what what's she gonna say and we had lunch and she said um uh, i've invited you for lunch because i want to talk to you about your future and i'm like okay she said have you uh, are you enjoying yourself i'm like yes i'm enjoying <laughs> myself i love what i'm doing right now that's the yeah. only i want to work if not i would have left uh, and if I can keep doing what I'm doing at this moment in time, then you don't have a problem with me at all. And she said, have you ever considered becoming a manager? And I can't tell you, but this is one of those moments. And I've had a couple of them mm -hmm. that words coming out of my mouth were not the words that I was thinking. Mm -hmm. So I ran, I know I can already do it. But I don't know if I want it right now. Mm-hmm. And that had everything to do with me, uh, yeah. with my values, because that's a check that I did really fast. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, but a manager in this organization means having the responsibilities, but not the, the budget to do mm -hmm. anything. You still have to go to the director. And I'm like, that's not what I believe yeah. a good manager should be or how mm -hmm. I want to be as a manager. I really want to be there for my team members. And mm -hmm. that's not, not who I'm, could be in this organization mm -hmm. for me. I don't know if I want to be that. I know I can do it. I just don't know. And he said, well, go and think about it and, and, and take a couple of weeks to really think about it and I'll get back to you. Four weeks later, she invited me for lunch again. Uh, outside, so it's still positive. I was really happy about that. And um, so I was waiting for her to start the conversation about this because I'm like, okay, start. And she didn't. She just kept talking chit-chat. I'm like, what's oh. going on? <laughs> and in the last 20 minutes, he started, yeah, I've thought about it. And um, I don't feel you, uh, you need to be promoted because you will never leave our organization if we promote you. I'm like, eh? That's interesting what happened and my yeah. brain went off and said what the peep happened in the past four weeks that you just made a u-turn yeah how what i didn't do anything radical mm -hmm. i mean it could have but i didn't in the in those four weeks yeah but i was really like 
what just <laughs> happened? We were talking about me becoming potentially a manager yeah. and now she's talking about not being promoted because I will never leave the organization. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I kept with that and I was so preoccupied be, with having that conversation with myself that mm -hmm. I didn't have the, the clarity in that moment to ask her what happened in the last four weeks. I yeah. never did. Mm. I went back to the office, still going around and around yeah. and something really weird happened. Sometimes the universe is just on your, on your path. Yeah. Um, but I had forgotten the charger of my phone, something that I had never, ever done before that moment in time, ever. I would forget other things, but I would not forget my charger. So I went into the office and I had a, com a lunch with the managing director. I went into the office of the director. Now, this was a general, so he was in the military. He was mm -hmm. my director. And uh, I went to his office and said, do you have your charger with you? Because I knew he had an iPad. Mm. Well, if there's anyone in this building that has the same phone and charger that I need, it's him. Yeah. So I went in. He said, yes, I do. I said, do you mind me borrowing it? Because I forgot mine. He said, yes, of course. And then he said, you went to lunch with the managing director, didn't you? And I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> And then in a, in a split second, I was like, yeah, it's not a secret. So who cares? Yeah. And he repeated the exact same sentence. The managing director had just told me, you hmm. should not want to be promoted because you will never leave this organization. And in that moment, it hit me. I'm like, you happened in the last four weeks. <gasps> you. Because... He was um, a general and he was uh, one of those men and not all men are like, but one of those men who had a huge ego. Mm -hmm. So he would walk around in his military uniform thinking that all the women would go, oh my God, a uniform. Oh, I didn't. Wow. Yeah. So he wasn't, I wasn't feeding his ego. Mm -hmm. So he didn't like me much. Mm. Um, in the sense of, oh my God, the big general. Mm -hmm. And he liked, he didn't like me for that. So mm -hmm. he wanted to get rid of me and unfortunately found an ally with mm. the managing director. Mm -hmm. In the months that followed, he did everything to bully me out of that organization. Oh my gosh. Everything he could wow. possibly. And the worst part is he never did it directly. He always, he mm. used my manager right to do it. Mm -hmm. So in that series of things, I mean, was, so was that, that moment where you were like, Hmm, I don't yeah, think I need this end, anymore. Yeah. At the end of the year, I had a conversation with my manager, the end of the year, the performance review at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he was going to ask me, um, we would look back, but also ask me, what's the future for you? Uh, and he did. And I said, again, that was the second moment words mm -hmm. coming out of my mouth that I was not thinking. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to believe this organization. I don't know when, but I'm going to start my business. And I have mm -hmm. a business coach to help me with that. Now, mm -hmm. it may take me three months, six months, nine months to build up to a level that I can confidently say goodbye to my job. So I'm not in financial stress mm -hmm. because of it. Uh, but I am leaving. Yeah. And then he said, but why? And I said, because there is no future for me in this organization. And I would know that awkward moments. Know that silence just before something comes happens and you're thinking, what just happened? Mm -hmm. About 10 seconds, which seemed about three minutes of silence, which in actual fact was 10 seconds. He said, <laughs> you are right. I'm like, well, thank you for telling me what I've been feeling for the past oh, 12 months. Wow. 
I was done. Yeah, I bet. So, you know, this is really interesting because I think that a lot of, a lot of our listeners, I don't want to say a lot, but a lot of entrepreneurs come from like a corporate background, you know, where they're in, in a corporate setting and they, they have, you know, the manager and the supervisor and the managing director and, you know, three levels above them before they have to do anything. And it just wears on them. It wears on your work ethic. It wears on your emotional well-being, your mental well-being. You know, like it just influences so many different things. And I mean, that's that's a brave move is deciding to start your own business to get out of that. What can you say to the women listening that are stuck in a corporate job? They're not happy, but they're not sure what else to do. What would you say to those women? Well, I would say if you're feeling unfulfilled right now, um, there you could be the worst thing that you can do to yourself is stay in that environment because it will not push you forward. It would not make you more fulfilled no matter what happens because it's not the right environment for you. And, and it is really important, the environment that you're in, because it influences you a lot. It might not, you're not, you might not be conscious about the influence it has on you, but subconsciously it is impacting you in a massive way. Now, um, like I shared in my story, I stayed in a job because I moved to a part-time job because I knew the worst thing that I can do to myself is put myself in a situation of financial stress, Mm -hmm. especially when you come out of a corporate job because Mm -hmm. you get magic money Mm -hmm. transferred into your account every Mm -hmm. month. If you go to to, to the next phase with zero coming in mm-hmm. and that will impact your well-being it will yeah. impact your state mm-hmm. because the, it's too big of a gap mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone to do so for some it is motivational to do that because they're like okay i either survive or i'm back to a job again yeah. but for most of us i have found is it's not the right way so mm-hmm. what i would do is my suggestion to these women is spend 60 minutes a day on working on your dream, on your next phase, 60 minutes a day, not all days, not just 60 minutes a day, taking consistent action towards being able to say goodbye to that job. And whether it is you're transitioning into a new job, whether it is you're transitioning into entrepreneurship, whatever it is for you, because it has to fit you, spend 60 minutes, whether it's doing a course, whether it's um, uh, finding a mentor to follow, to support you in in creating that business. Mm -hmm. There are so many ways and there is a lot of information free out there Mm -hmm. and even at at lower level investments, Mm -hmm. just spend those 60 minutes a day. Then do another thing that is really important, set a date. Mm -hmm. So just give yourself, and whether that is six months, 12 months, or even two years, whatever it is for you, set that date. And one of the serial entrepreneurs that I follow even goes further than that. He said, write your resignation letter today. Oh, wow. Put the date on that letter, put it in an envelope, stick it in a drawer, wherever you can find it. Mm -hmm. So you know that is what I'm going to put out there on that day. That's what I'm going to be doing because you're setting your brain Mm -hmm. towards, okay, 
you, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I'm going to support you as much as I can mm -hmm. in achieving that goal. Hmm. That's so powerful. And, you know, I think that a lot of people get like, like paralysis analysis where they get so stuck on thinking and I, like hundred percent honest, like I get to that point too, even though I've been an entrepreneur for, oh my gosh, I lose track now, but I mean, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much all my life. Like I've never been able to hold a job. Um, but sometimes like when I start new projects, like I get so overwhelmed with the things to do that I just don't do anything. Like, yeah. I'm like, there's, there's so much, there's a mountain ahead of me and I don't want to do it. Um, yeah. So I think that that's a, that's a big problem that women get into also. So I like that you said, you know, set aside 60 minutes a day. That's easy. Everybody can carve out time for 60 minutes a day. And even if you have to build up to that, I know that, I mean, sometimes moms have a hard time carving out that kind of time. You know, if you work a nine to five job and you have to come home and make dinner and do, you know, clean the house or whatever it is. But I mean, you can build up to 60 minutes a day, but just being consistent and deciding that this is what you want and this is the kind of life that you're going to build, I think is the most important. Yeah, because let's be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for everything that has happened to me because it put me on the path that I'm mm -hmm. right now. I mean, I probably wouldn't have published or co-authored four books up to this point in that period of two years that I really took the plunge and went and became a full-time entrepreneur. I've, I've co-authored four books. I have won awards as an entrepreneur. I've built an international network. I've have friends all over the world. I have mentors all over the world. Um, I have my own podcast, something that I never thought I would be doing. I get asked frequently to be a guest on a podcast mm -hmm. people are really searching for guidance from me and i wouldn't be able to have that impact if i was still in that job yeah. so for me it has done the world of good mm -hmm. in really stepping into my purpose and really going big i mean if you had asked me four years ago uh, what do you, what do you want to achieve in your life? I'd probably be very small vision. Now you'll hear me say, I'm ready to impact 10 million people worldwide. Yeah. And I'm talking big numbers. I love that. No, I absolutely love that. I was just going to say, I'm like, go big or go home. But like, I just think that having that kind of vision and having that kind of like mentality makes all the difference in the world. Um, and there was something else you, I, I wanted to touch on that you mentioned at the beginning of our, of our conversation, but you said that you were multi-passionate. Yes. And I think that that is so important to recognize because so many entrepreneurs are also multi-passionate. Like, typically, it's not just one thing that we're doing. I mean, there's a reason that we're doing this, and it's not because we like doing one thing. Otherwise, we'd be in a nine-to-five job. So I just wanted to kind of pick your brain on, like, how do you, how do you manage those passions? You know, because I, like, I know yeah. for me, like squirrel, like I want to go do 10 million different things, but I can't, like, we're just, we're humans. Like we can't do that many things, but how do you manage all those different passions in your life? Oh, I love that question. Um, it's one of the things that I saw uh, with the entrepreneurs around me, that they're more multi-passionate than they are a singular passionate and whatever you it is for you it's okay but if you're one of those 
like me are multi-passionate, then um, I thought about how, how, how can I best support these? Because I've been able to manage all of my passions uh, reasonably without getting into overwhelm and thinking, mm. oh, I can never do what I really like doing. How yeah. do I do this? Uh, and like I said, I started with um, wanting to support those people in getting to a level where it's normal to say, I only do what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. whatever that is for you yeah. so what I've done a couple of years ago is developed a passion uh, assessment uh, because I saw so many people getting stuck on how do I do this I said if I can develop a process based on what I've done for myself to help people and one of the things that I found with the entrepreneurs that have gone through that process is that we usually compare compatible that's a different word for me right now to use (laughs) we compare well i'm not even gonna try it we look at our passions i've got to reframe this we look at our passions as singular things Mm, okay what i found is that usually there is some sort of red thread you can you can see through different passions. Now they mm-hmm. may be completely different, yeah. but there's a certain red thread that goes through them. Mm-hmm. And they, I think that the essence is to find that red thread because then you can combine two or three passions of yourself mm-hmm. into something that you're going to create or enjoy yeah. or do on a consistent basis to feed that passion inside mm-hmm. of you. So if you're multi-passionate, that's, that's one suggestion. Think about in terms of what can I combine? And I'm someone who combines the weirdest things. So if you're looking at your list of passions, just list them down and you're thinking, oh, I, com- I can't combine those two. I probably can. <laughs> okay. So th- there's always a way. If you really yeah. want to find a way, you'll find that's one. Number two, what I found is there's a priority in your passion. One passion or two, you spend more time on than something else. Mm -hmm. So there is a priority. If you were to rank them in order, Mm. you would discover your top two, top three. Mm -hmm. That if you can spend the most time doing those, Mm -hmm. the rest will follow. Mm -hmm. And a third tip, and then I'll stop because I can keep going. The third tip (laughs) is... Um, if you can get to, because that's the third thing that I see with a lot of people with your entrepreneur or, or criminal is that they don't, you, you're not spending time consistently on your passion. So you'll never get that dopamine rush, that sense of achievement and fulfillment from it. Mm-hmm. So look in, 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 onto that list and see what can I do consistently and whether that's once a week or daily mm-hmm to live to 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 play to that passion of mine uh, because usually it's not about the amount of time we spend on a passion it's what we do in that certain period of time consistently i love that and and that's that's a good point too because you can do something every day but if you aren't doing it like i don't want to say correctly but if you're not giving it the right amount of time and energy like you're not going to get better at it you know, so you have to do it consistently and you have to give it the attention that it needs in order to grow and get better. Yeah. Okay, so as we kind of wrap up here, um, that time went by like super fast. I felt like we just dove in and ran with it, which I love. Um, 
for women that are listening, because like you did it, like you are, go you are the definition of a woman going big. For a woman that's sitting at home right now or in an office or with her kids or anything, and she's like, wow, I, I really want to go big. And that could be anything. It, it, you know, it's not just in business. The whole point of the podcast is no. to celebrate women in all aspects going big. But what would you say to a woman that is on the edge of going big and just needs that little push to get her there? My very first and most important tip that I can give anyone is get yourself a tribe of big thinkers. And it really doesn't matter what their, their big thinking idea is. I mean, you can surround yourself with entrepreneurs that they usually are very big thinkers, mm -hmm. uh, but the, the energy that you get from people that are consistently thinking, okay, how can I do more? How can I create even more impact? And especially purpose-driven entrepreneurs. So if you are listening to this and thinking, oh my God, I want to go big, but create a tribe. And even if you connect with one person or two or three, but make sure that you have a couple of people that can inspire you on a consistent basis. It doesn't have to be one-on-one -on -one if you can't afford a mentor or a community to become part of. There are so much things that you can do for free. I mean, there are large Facebook groups mm -hmm. filled with big thinkers. Even if you dip into those groups 10 minutes a day, mm -hmm. believe me, they will give you that push you don't even have to, to, to make yourself visible, but yeah. through their stories and their, and their setbacks and how they dealt with it, you're going to think, oh my God, I can do this. If they can mm -hmm. do it, so can I. So my biggest and the thing that I advise anyone, change your environment. Surround yourself with big thinkers. You'll get there faster. I love that so much. Um, like, I got goosebumps. I was like, as soon as you said, find your tribe, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. Um, because that's so important. And yeah. the life of an entrepreneur can be lonely. Um, I mean, you are most of the time going at it alone. It's not like you have an office of people to keep you company or talk to or anything like that. Um, but finding kind of a sounding board of other people that you can say, hey, like, am I on the right track? Or, hey, I'm having a hard day today. Like, the, the give and take of that is so, so important to the development of entrepreneurs. It's crazy. Um, so I have to thank you today, or thank you for today, because your insights have been amazing. I, this has been probably the best way to kick off season two of Women Going Big. <laughs> Um, it just blew my expectations completely. So thank you oh, thank for that. You. Oh, that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so if our listeners wanted to learn more about you and my exponential hero, and if they want to follow you on social media, how would they do that? Well, I am on all of the major platforms. Okay. So you can find me on Facebook. Uh, and if you're in the business environment, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm active there. Uh, but I've got a business page on Facebook. I am active on Instagram where I, sh I share inspiration and tips and tricks more like the ones I've shared on this interview. Um, I have a podcast, the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast. I warned you, I combined the craziest thing. So I've combined entrepreneurship and sushi, uh, one of my passions. I love that. I yeah, love two that. of my <laughs> passions combined. 
Uh, we also have an Entrepreneur Sushi Club community because I value community very much. Yeah. Uh, but you can also, yeah, you can find me anywhere. If you okay. search for my name, I'm all over the place. <laughs> and just in case our listener, if our listeners are wondering, all of her links are in the description um, and on the website at womengoingbig.com. So if you would like to follow her and get all of those inspirational tricks or you love sushi and business, um, definitely go, go join her community. Um, Lubna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I literally can't tell you enough. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I love to share whatever I can, even if I can only inspire one person, it has been worth it. I love that. We're all in this together. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off on the show. Uh, for anybody listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in to the second season of Women Going Big. I can't wait to bring you so many more amazing episodes of strong women um, that are going big in every shape, way, or form. So until next time, I'm Krista, your host, and Lubna, thank you again for coming on the show, and we will catch you all next time. Bye, guys. Bye.